back in the matrix. You gotta find your own way out. Cause I won't waste another day. Live in someone else's way. I wanna be happy. I wanna be free. Well, fuck what they say. I'm doing me. Schwarzenegger as the director of the feast. They wanted to let down their hair, but then they went too far. Listen to me, put down that beer. Tell the DJ to turn down the music. Everyone off the dance floor. You, sister, stop gyrating your hips. I need backup. I need a second elder. A disfellowship person. Everybody out! Coming to a Jehovah's Witness wedding reception this summer. Welcome to the Armageddon in Retrospect podcast. As I alluded to in the movie trailer, we are going to be talking about Jehovah's Witness wedding receptions. If you don't know what director of the feast is, you've never been in Jehovah's Witness, I will explain that in just a moment using one of their own articles. So, a very appropriate this week, I am off to yet another fucking wedding. Hooray! Of course, it is a non-Jehovah's Witness wedding and reception. They would not have me at one of their weddings because I am mentally diseased gangrene. And proud of it. All right, well, as a basis for what we're going to talk about today with wedding receptions, I thought we could use this wonderful 1997 Watchtower article, April 15th, pages 23 through 26, Weddings That Honor Jehovah. Yay, what a lovely theme we get to explore today. And it's not a study article. There's there's no paragraph number, so I'm not going to give those as a point of reference If you want to go through and number the paragraphs yourself, have at it. But I'm not going to do it, and I don't recommend wasting your time with this article like I'm about to do. Okay. Well, this article was, it it describes in the beginning that it was aimed at the country of Ethiopia for some reason, but they thought that the principles would benefit people in every country. Uh, So there is some kind of specific information, I guess. Uh, Not being Ethiopian, I don't understand all of their wedding traditions. But some of that is included in here. But then there's, again, they're providing this as general advice for your typical Jehovah's Witness, no matter what the country is. I'm going to skip over most of the stuff that talks about the actual wedding itself. I already talked about that. A little bit in the uh, last episode I did on weddings. So let's get started here. So a few paragraphs in. A reception is not a requirement for a successful wedding, but there's no scriptural objection to such a happy occasion. However, here we go, however, Such a gathering for true Christians should be different from worldly receptions (laughs) marked by extravagance, heavy drinking, overeating, 
wild music, suggestive dancing, oh my, and even fights. <laughs> I love it. I love a good bar brawl at a wedding reception. Just folding chairs. I want a cage match. Like, let's fucking beat the shit out of each other. Fights. This is what they think of all non-Jehovah's Witnesses. Like, that. this is the only outcome for a non-Jehovah's Witness wedding reception. <laughs> it just turns into a lawless, crazy bar brawl. Okay. It continues. The Bible categorizes revelries with the works of the flesh. It is easier to have proper control when there's not a very large gathering. There we go. Control. 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 That's just control. They're saying it's easier for you to have control, but they're also implying that it's easier for us to have control over you having control. Okay. It is easier to have proper control when it's not a very large gathering. There is no need. I, where is this next line coming from? <laughs> there is no need to erect a tent to satisfy popular customs. Maybe this is uh, ties in with the Ethiopia thing. Should some decide to use a tent for reasons of space or weather, this is a personal matter. There you have it. You know what you get to decide for your wedding reception? What you can make a personal matter? Whether or not you have a tent. That's it. <laughs> that's it. You want a tent? Erect a tent. We don't fucking care. It's, that's all you. Everything else, though? <laughs> well, we got something to say about that. You know. I mean, did somebody write in and ask if it's okay to use a tent? Why do they feel the need to weigh in on that? I mean, it's just weird that they feel like they have to make a, this comment about a tent in here. Okay. Here we go. This gets even better. I'm, we're just getting started here. Ex next paragraph. Experience has shown that a good way to limit the number of guests is by using specific invitations in writing. It is wiser to invite individuals instead of whole congregations, and as orderly Christians, we should respect such limitations. So if you're not invited, respect it. It's too fucking bad for you, okay? And notice, here's what they're really getting at. Written invitations also help us to avoid the embarrassment of having a disfellowshipped person show up at the reception. For if that happened, many brothers and sisters might choose to leave. That's right. You're disfellowshipped. You don't believe it anymore and they disfellowshipped you. You are now an embarrassment. And you're such a pariah that the expectation is... This is actually the expectation, they're not frowning on us, is that people leave the reception to avoid having contact with you. If you want to know just how deep the shunning goes, even, I would say especially, on a happy, joyous family occasion, if you have been disfellowshipped, Stay the fuck away from the wedding reception. We do not want you there. And if you happen to show up, people are expected to leave. They're, they say might choose to leave, but really people are expected to leave. Now, what if you were never a Jehovah's Witness and you have a Jehovah's Witness relative who's getting married? Here's what they have 
to say about you. It's not a whole lot better, but slightly better than a disfellowship person. Paragraph continues. If a couple invite, if a couple invite unbelieving relatives or acquaintances, these will no doubt be limited in number, giving more importance to those related to us in the faith. Yes, yes, there you have it. Your spiritual brothers and sisters are more important than your own flesh and blood. So fuck your relatives, limit their numbers, limit their numbers, only have a couple there, just a sprinkling if you have to, but make sure you save the space for your Jehovah's Witness family, your more important family, the families that's going to be there for you through thick and through thin, through hard times and through good times, that's going to support you through your doubts and your, oh, oh, wait, uh, Oh, oh, never mind. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you question, you doubt, you disbelieve, they're going to tell you to fuck off. And then, as was essentially <laughs> my case, you'll go crawling to all those relatives that you so quickly and easily threw under the bus when you were a believer. All right. Listen to this now. This paragraph keeps going. Some have chosen to invite worldly acquaintances or unbelieving relatives to the wedding talk rather than to the reception. Why? Well, <laughs> there have been cases when worldly relatives created such an embarrassing situation at a wedding reception that many brothers and sisters felt that they could not remain. There we are with that language again. Some couple have arranged to have only a small dinner with close family members and Christian friends. Yes, you see, if you have never been a Jehovah's Witness, you're not a Jehovah's Witness, you are potentially embarrassing. You're not automatically embarrassing like a disfellowship person, but you're a potential embarrassment who may cause the same outcome, which is people leaving the wedding reception. That's what they think of worldly relatives, worldly 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 in the dictionary means somebody who's traveled experienced different cultures has experience in the world worldly for Jehovah's witness is a insulting title it really is that they would they would say no it's, this isn't an insult but just look at what they're actually saying about how worldly weddings are how worldly receptions are that there's fights and drunkenness and overeating and that's all worldly people do that's all they care about and now they're talking about worldly relatives as an embarrassment so limit their numbers or don't have them there at all even better wow you just saved yourself a lot of trouble because you know what you'll never have a Jehovah's Witness who will embarrass you at your wedding reception oh wait oh wait wait you mean Jehovah's witnesses sometimes overeat and, and and over drink and and argue and and go crazy at wedding receptions no no that couldn't happen no not a Jehovah's witness get the fuck out of here with this stuff you got to be joking me I, you know <laughs> i have been to plenty of Jehovah's Witness wedding receptions, and I've definitely 
seen that things can, well, in the Jehovah's Witness um, environment and culture, get out of hand is what they would use. Uh, it's really just typically just a person having fun that has a little bit too much to drink. They're not even being that rowdy or obnoxious, but just by the fact that witnesses are watching them drink a lot, there starts to be this discomfort and there's an embarrassment. They'd set up all these situations for people to become an embarrassment by all these crazy rules. So, you know, even your average Jehovah's Witness has a pretty good potential of embarrassing the witnesses just based on all of the rules. Now, here's where the movie trailer comes in, along with my really bad Arnold impersonation, because <laughs> the next paragraph says, In accord with John 2, 8 and 9, it is practical to select a director of the feast. Okay, well, John 2, 8 and 9, right? That is not telling people to have a director of the feast. All it is is commenting on a wedding that Jesus was at where there was someone called the director of the feast. But it is not in any way prescriptive. It's not telling you you have to have a director of the feast. And yet, they've taken that and they've said, okay, if you want to comply with the scripture, you have to have a director of the feast. Now, they would probably, if you didn't have one, you might be able to slide through. But really, really, the expectation is you have a director of the feast. And what is the director of the feast? It says the bridegroom. The bridegroom. I have to use this fucking language. They're saying the man, the one with the penis, the one who makes the decisions. The bridegroom will want to choose a trusted Christian who will see to it that orderliness and high standards are maintained. So essentially who's typically picked out is an elder. <laughs> and as I mentioned, this elder's job is essentially just to go around and keep his eye on people to make sure that nobody's drinking too much, that the music's not too loud, the dancing's not too crazy, and then people might approach him and say, um, um, Brother Douche Canoe, uh, uh, Sister um, um, silly face and I are we're trying to discuss our plans for the ministry this this Saturday, but we're having a hard time hearing each other because because the music's just too loud and we're a little bit concerned about the beat. It's it's a little bit too um, rhythmic and suggestive. That's <laughs> this is what happens. No no lie, it's like it's you essentially have a plant this. <laughs> this like person spying on the people at your wedding reception to make sure they don't get out of line and then when they do get out of line either his he's going to take them aside and talk to them counsel them and he could also bump it up to a probably a backroom meeting you know at the kingdom hall after you know the public talk watchtower ends on sunday morning and you get a tap on the shoulder oh yeah. hey brother we'd just like to talk to you about your behavior at the wedding reception last night Woo. you know <laughs> on those taps this is what the guy's job is he's this like wedding reception watchtower police officer and just walking around and keeping his eye on everybody it's just this idea that you would 
essentially have a watchtower babysitter or nanny there to make sure the rules are being enforced is insane. This is the level of control they want to put into your wedding. Now, the, this, <laughs> this is just, oh my gosh, I'm just going to skip down a little bit. The same paragraph talks about music. Music can be happy without being tainted by questionable lyrics, excessive noise, or wild rhythm. Many have found it best to have an elder listen in advance to the music to be played. Yes, there you have it. We don't even trust you as adults, even though um, you're both old enough uh, supposedly and adult enough to make the decision to marry each other we don't trust you to pick out your own music <laughs> so compile your playlist and send it to an elder and then have the elder listen to all the music and give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on each song that's what's expected that is what is expected and then even when you have all the music chosen again as I said there's going to be concerns about the volume. Uh, the lyrics are clean, but the beat is too much. Uh, it's a wild rhythm, as they say. Ooh, crazy. I lost it. Mm, it's a rhythm. It's just... Uh, this is insanity. It continues. Dancing may bring pitfalls. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with a little bump and grind. As many traditional dances are derived from fertility, dancing, and feature inappropriate sensuality. I believe all dancing is about, uh, you know, knocking boots. That's pretty much what it's for, right? It's, it's, you're signaling something about your fertility. <laughs> it's like, you know, that. The bird, you know, you stick a chest eye, do the strut, whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> and then you put that one that one wing out kind of up and back, and you're like, you kind of spin around a circle. <laughs> What's up, female bird? Yep, that's what you do on the dance floor. They want you to avoid that. None of that. Just stand there, stiff as a board. You can shuffle your feet a little bit, maybe move your neck. I don't want to see too much motion of the hips, okay? Your hips can lie at a Jehovah's Witness reception. That's actually what they want. And 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 certainly, I mean, don't don't shake your chest. No, none of that. None of that. No, 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 no good. No good. You know, no no close dancing, not not too much physical contact. Uh we all know where all this is headed, okay? Sex. And they mentioned this. The cake and champagne moment. What a weird combo, huh? Cake and champagne. I mean, I like that combo, but if you think about it, it should be like a cake and milk moment. I don't know. Cake and champagne moment has sometimes <laughs> been a signal for, here we go again, worldly people to cut loose. What is that? Cake? Champagne? That's it! I'm fucking losing it. Ah! I guess that's what they think happens if you have a cake and champagne moment. Just if you're worldly, that's all that happens. In fact, many Christian couples have decided not to have any alcohol at wedding receptions, thus avoiding 
problems. Yes, because we all know that if you are Jehovah's Witness and they say, we're, we're as a beacon of holiness, and what they really mean is as cheapskates, we're not going to have alcohol at our wedding because we want to avoid problems and respect everybody's conscience. Yeah, whatever. You don't think Jehovah's Witnesses are the fucking, you know, just filled up my flask. Oh, that's going in one coat pocket. The other flask. Oh, that goes in the other coat pocket. Oh, yeah, let me throw this case of beer in the trunk. <laughs> oh, and let me Google map the bar to stop at between the wedding talk and the reception so I can get loaded up before I go in. <laughs> uh, that's what's happening with most people. They think that they think no one's going to drink if they don't serve alcohol. Maybe you'll avoid a problem. Maybe. Maybe if the access is a little bit harder, but I don't see it. I'm not buying it. If people are going to drink and party, even if they're Jehovah's Witnesses, guess what? They're going to fucking drink and party. I had a many a good drink in the parking lot of a wedding reception as a Jehovah's Witness. Now, the last paragraph I'm going to read from this article is about what to do when you get an invitation for a wedding from somebody who isn't one of Jehovah's Witnesses. So we already heard what how if you're in a Jehovah's Witness inviting people how you should view <clears throat> worldly people what about attending their weddings they invite you all right this is what the paragraph says you ready but what about attending weddings of neighbors worldly fellow workers or distant relatives and acquaintances each christian must personally decide on this ah <laughs> Liars. Liars. Here we go. You ready? This is how you need to decide on this. It is good to bear in mind that our time is precious. Since we need time for our ministry, read Serving Watchtower, Personal Study, Serving Watchtower, and other family and congregational pursuits, Serving Watchtower, Serving Watchtower, Serving Watchtower. On weekends, we have meetings and field service that we do not want to miss. <laughs> oh my gosh. The timing of many weddings conflicts with assemblies or special service efforts linked to the Lord's evening meal. We should not permit ourselves to become distracted from making the same special efforts that our brothers around the world are making to attend the Lord's evening meal. Before coming to a knowledge of the truth, we spent much time with worldly people, perhaps in circumstances that dishonored God. Now, our priorities are different. That's right. All those family, friends, you've spent enough time with them. They're no longer one of your priorities. They need to be on the back burner. You've got shit to do for Watchtower. So why are you going to get distracted? Why are you going to waste time going to support a worldly relative? Why would you do that? Oh my gosh. It's your decision, of course. It's your decision. You decide. But they've just described that time is precious. You can't miss a meeting. You can't miss your field service because those only come around 
five fucking times a week. You don't want to miss those for a, you know, possibly a once in a lifetime event of a family member. Oh, no. Nope. And what if it conflicts with an assembly? Nope, no good. Can't make up the assembly. Can't make it up. So don't become distracted. Again, now you have the truth. Why would you want to go back to being with around worldly people? Those embarrassing, crazy, worldly people. Because you know what's going to happen at the cake and champagne moment. You know? Woohoo! Yeah, we're going fucking crazy! And you don't want to be there for that. You want to be home with your family, studying the watchtower together. You know? So, your priorities are different now. There's something nice you can do for them. Would you like to know what it is? They've thought of everything here. They really have. They have all the bases covered. It is always possible to wish a worldly couple well by sending a card or dropping in for a brief visit on another day. <laughs> why why would you want to drop in? Why would you want to visit on another day? Some have used such occasions to give a witness. Sharing some scriptures that are fitting for newlyweds. Yes, here's some scriptures for you. This is why the man's in charge. This is why the women should the woman should be in subjection and be a slave. <laughs> there, is that helpful for both of you? What do you mean get out? No, I couldn't attend the wedding. I I didn't want to attend the wedding. It was a distraction. No, listen, I'm, I'm here. I'm trying to help. These are scriptures. Okay, I'll send a card. <laughs> you know, like this is this is what they think of non-Jehovah's Witnesses. They they really view them as subhuman, you know. It it, it is it is to to think that you would just okay. Look, I know we're relatives, but uh, I have other priorities. I got to take care of my more important family, as they described it. So that's their view on that. That's their view on the non-Jehovah's Witness weddings and whether or not you should attend. Again, it's your decision. Just to wrap up, I just, you know, they mentioned in a couple of spots in the article about extravagance and weddings. Quick comment on that. I, I went to some extravagant Jehovah's Witness weddings and they were kind of viewed as the event of the year. Like, people... The Jehovah's Witnesses were excited to be at such a nice wedding, for the most part. But there was also judgment going on on the backside of that. So you'd have somebody, this shrimp cocktail is so amazing. This is so good. Oh, mm, mm, I can't imagine how much they probably spent on this. Mm, pass me more champagne, please. I just, they must, you know, they probably could have work part-time and pioneer instead of spending all this money on a wedding and and they could donate to the kingdom hall fund and boop, boop, boop. you know that that's where you have people but they're like all dressed up so happy to be there can't believe they got the invitation and they're gonna be you know talking about it out of both sides of their mouth for the following year oh my god that was so much fun but i can't believe how much they spent i would never spend that much but did you try the steak. Oh, I had the steak. It was amazing. Yes. I mean, I would never have steak at my wedding. I just would. I w I'd, I'm not going to spend more than $150 on my wedding. So I would never do that. But it was it was really delicious. I mean, it was nice. I'm not trying to judge them. I'm just saying. 
So that's what you end up with. That's the extravagance. Most witnesses really, for the most part, can't afford extravagant weddings because of the watchtower lifestyle. Just it doesn't fit in. But there were some families that were well-to-do and had nice weddings. My The question is, if you can afford it, what's wrong with it? Why do they feel the need to comment on it? The let people come to their own conclusions. The scriptures say nothing on fucking wedding receptions, except that Jesus made an extravagant amount of wine using a miracle at a reception he attended. But there's no nothing in the scriptures about what size the wedding reception needs to be, whether or not there's alcohol, the music, the dancing. All they have is the, their own Jehovah's Witness Bible they've created. And they've created that Bible by putting scriptures out of context together and saying these are the principles you need to follow and this is our interpretation of them and this supersedes the fact that the scripture is silent on that topic. That's what they've done. They've made their own Bible. That's what this article is. It's their own Bible that needs to be more important than what the actual Bible itself says. That's my take on it. And, you know, there's just no no self-reflection here because it's just they act like Jehovah's Witnesses are so godly that they don't overeat or overdrink or want to dance or have fun you know and, and it's not the truth that Jehovah's Witnesses are normal humans they're just constantly being told not to enjoy those things and not to do them and that they do them they are in big trouble. So that's Jehovah's Witness Wedding Receptions. That's what I'm going to say about it for now. Thank you for listening. Please, if you want to, email me, armageddonpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can slide into my DMs on Instagram, Armageddon Podcast, and say hello. I would appreciate that and uh, try to get another episode out soon. Thank you so much. You're back in the matrix. You gotta find your own way out. Cause I won't waste another day. Live in someone else's way. I wanna be happy. I wanna be free. Well, fuck what they say. I'm doing me.